Hi everyone, I'm JJ Hornblast and welcome to the roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. This is our weekly wrap on what's happening in auto finance for the week of June 15, 2020. Before beginning, I want to thank Auto Finance News' advertisers, Alpha, Remitter, Westlake Financial, DeFi Solutions, and National Bankruptcy Services for their continuing support, so thank you to them. I'm also joined by Joey Pizzolatto. Hi, Joey, an editor at Auto Finance News. Welcome. And it is Friday, June 19, 2020. So fortunately this week, the extensive protests over racial inequality in the United States subsided. Uh, we also saw more opening up of the economy, maybe perhaps too much opening of the economy in places like New York and California where some new public safety procedures needed to be adopted yesterday. But other than the stock market, uh, the economic malaise uh, nationwide continued. I saw one estimate this week that the pandemic is going to cut 13% of global GDP, which is just a staggering number. So how this is kind of all playing out in auto finance is part of what we're gonna talk about today, Joey. Uh, so let's start with uh, your feature on uh, auto financing during the pandemic, um, uh, affectionately called wheels and deals. Um, so you looked at uh, what, what level of auto finance was happening or how it was happening during the pandemic. What did you find? So we, um, we were fortunate enough to um, hook up with um, a consumer that was actually, you know, deciding to buy a car during the pandemic. Um, so we, we were able to talk with her about, her, about the process, um, you know, the car buying process, shopping online and then um you know trying to trying to secure financing um and what was very interesting is you know she ended up almost financing her vehicle through carvana um but you know some some of the roadblocks that consumers have been um you know talking about in the past lack of a test drive um you know that 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 uh lack of like that tactile um experience when buying a car really kind of threw her off. Not to mention um, the financing rate that she um, was quoted from Carvana was, uh, was way high, um, even, even for someone with her credit score. Um, so that ended up spurring her to return to a dealership. Um, and so what did she end up, uh, what was the financing deal that she got? She ended up um, financing with Wells Fargo Dealer Services um, for I believe, um, 6.9% um, and was still eligible for, you know, an incentive rebate um, for $1,000. And, you know, she was able to, to test drive the car and have, have the usual car buying experience um, while still remaining, you know, safe with social distancing measures um, and feeling safe, most importantly. Um, so what this kind of points to is, you know, we've been talking a lot in the past couple months about consumers um, you know, pivoting and shifting more to the online purchasing experience, but but really, like, I don't I don't believe, and I don't think anybody in the industry believes that the dealership model is is going to die because of the pandemic. So what I mean, what was kind of your takeaway also in terms of uh, 
uh, practices or procedures, um, you know, from the auto finance side. I mean, I saw that, you know, I know you reported on, on some of the kind of pandemic deals that, that uh, were out there. Ford Credit was one that you, you mentioned, but I, is there, could you, can you extrapolate from the reporting experience, you know, kind of what you think auto finance is going to have to do to play a part in, in the auto recovery, or is it just going to be, you know, purely a, a dealer driven endeavor? Well, you know, I think it's, it's a little bit of both, um, right? I think it is a dealer driven endeavor um, because dealers play a huge role in like the auto finance um, process. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, aside from, you know, slight pivots in offering, um, you know, Part of, part of the financing experience and shopping online, I do think that, you know, auto lenders probably will benefit from, you know, kind of sticking with what works is, you know, as well, um, you know, offering, you know, reasonable rates um, to consumers, because um, that really seems to be the driving force on, you know, what what lender the consumer decides to, to finance with is, what's their rate, how, or more importantly, how those how, how low is their payment and what down payment do they need to put down? Right, so that, that Carvana dynamic is interesting. I mean, would you, you know, do you think that there's just not enough pricing advantage on the direct channel to, to even, even despite the whole sort of, you know, health related, pandemic related dynamics, you know, is there just not enough of a pricing advantage uh, on the direct channel to make it work? On, on a on a at a significant level, Joey. So I I would say it's hard to say because um, you know the pandemic kind of squeezed margins for everyone, even Carvana, you know, quite a bit. Um, so and also on top of that, um, you know, our our source um, was was pretty forthcoming with us saying that you know she doesn't have the best credit. Um, so I what I would imagine is you know that 19% interest rate that she was offered um, was a result of, you know, kind of squeeze margins because of the pandemic and, you know, um, a reduce, a reduction in, in their risk appetite. All right, let's look at, at the, the used car market now, which is kind of the flip side of uh, your feature. Um, some remarkable numbers coming out of the used car market this week, uh, a six point, Three percent rise in uh, wholesale used car prices, according to Mannheim this week. Um, so we're at a mid-June Mannheim number of 146. So you know, kind of, how does that 146 compare historically? Well, so one 146 is set to be it's 146.1, and it's set to be an all-time high. Um, now, granted, it's a mid-month forecast, so we still have, you know, a good 15 days um, or so, if that's how many days are in June, uh, to, to kind of figure out um, whether or not that's going to play out. But it is worth noting that, you know, since Mannheim started putting out their mid-month um, forecast in April, uh, for the last two months, it has pretty much hit that benchmark, um, you know, plus or minus a few points. And then the eventual number, what comes down at, at month's end? Because is this a forecasting issue? Um, 
it, it's 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 coming right around um, what they're what they're forecasting. Um, obviously, you know, things can change in a month or in two weeks. Um, but it has in in April when they forecasted it to to drop to a three year low, it did. And then in May, their forecast when they were forecasting it was going to increase. It came in about a couple tenths of a point um, to their forecast. So so it has been pretty accurate thus far. So so to what degree do you think uh, inventories are going to play a role in pricing going forward? And I guess that this also sort of has a reciprocal dynamic to new car sales, you know, if if there's more volume kind of flowing through that channel too. I mean, what's your sense? I think the 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 inventory number was like 44 days now on the used car side. That's correct. So you know what what what's your set? What do you how do you think about that? So usually, um, I think we we estimate an, a normal inventory kind of um, outlook is 60 days. Um, so we're we're a little behind, and um, you know, Mannheim does um, predict that. Um, you know, used car values could increase because of the inventory um, shortage. Um, how also in, in addition, um, you know, there is an inventory um, concern in the new vehicle market and that could also drive consumers to the used vehicle market, which could further squeeze that inventory. I mean, is this inventory issue more of a kind of, you know, extension on lease ish, you know, dynamic as a result of, you know, pandemic related, concessions by lessors? Um, in the new car market, definitely. Um, I do believe we still have quite an, I don't have the figure offhand, but I do believe we still have quite a number of vehicles that were slated to return um, or their lease to market from, from their uh, expired lease that have not yet. Um, and that usually gets funneled into the used car market. Um, so that could be restricting, um, you know, the inventory Right, so it'll it'll depend on kind of when when the real uh, end to these these uh, leasing concessions or you know end of lease concessions happen. So, and I, I do believe um, you know at the end of May, JD Power was seeing um, more vehicles return off lease um, than they had forecast wouldn't return. If that makes sense. Um, yes. So so that number. <laughs> That number is is improving. So I, I do think that um, you know the inventory concerns um, might be a temporary concern, um, sort of depending on how uh, you know used vehicle demand uh, on the consumer side um, performs in the coming months. Quickly, uh, another interesting uh, data point that came out this week is is the. Uh, is our numbers around uh, fraud, um, and, and they are significant. Um, Auto-related, auto-finance-related fraud um, is, uh, according to one, uh, uh, to, to one tally, up uh, 25% since the beginning of the pandemic, while originations are down 30%. So this is sort of a a significant swing. I mean, who's to blame here? I mean, to what degree are lenders to blame? Uh, you know, we've long heard that technology makes fraud easier, but why isn't technology making fraud prevention easier? 
Well, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say lenders are to blame um, for the fraud. I, I just do, I do think that, um, you know, as, as our uh, expert, Frank McKenna pointed out, um, you know, during, uh, you know, times of economic recession, um, you know, people do get more desperate. Um, and usually um, in the past, you know, d a decline in sales hasn't, in, in a normal economic kind of environment, a decline in sales hasn't seen uh, like a reciprocating decline in like fraudulent um, applications. Meaning um, there's always an increase in fraud. Yes, or, or it stays stagnant, right? Um, I mean, on a year-to-year -year kind of trajectory, fraud is increasing. Um, last year, it was, it was estimated in auto to be um, worth $7 billion. Um, this year, I know it's, it's slightly higher than that looking forward, and that was before the pandemic. Um, we don't have any updated um, forecast just yet, but we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for it. Good. Thanks, Joey. So next week... We're going to talk about what's going on next week. <laughs> finally, finally. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what's uh, what's on the slate uh, for in auto finance news next week? So next week we have um, some updates on how auto lenders have pivoted their um, operations to deal with um, the work from home situation and increased call center volume. Um, you know, that's a story we've sort of been slowly following uh, over the last week or so. Um, we also do have some 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 pretty pretty um, interesting news about a, a fintech, banking fintech, that has plans to enter um, the uh, auto finance space. Um, actually, big plans. So we'll—I don't want to spoil anything, but we'll have we'll have the details for you um, hopefully early next week. Good. Thanks, Joey. And this week uh, we got confirmation that Nissan Motor Acceptance Corp president and CEO. Uh, Kevin Cullum will be speaking at the Auto Finance Summit in October, so we're excited about that. AutoFinanceSummit.com is the website to get more information. We also encourage everyone to uh, visit us at AutoFinanceNews.net and subscribe. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Take care. Bye.